Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 91 Donkey Lane is a magical apartment complex that contains immense power, but lacks intelligent inhabitants. What is happening? I'm getting texts. Why are we getting a lot of texts? People found out what we did. Oh, dividing Mike Myers into an infinite amount of tiny Mike Myers. Listen to 91 Donkey Lane for free on Spotify or your favorite podcasting app. More at 91donkeylane.com. See you there, you donkeys. Hello, and welcome back to another episode of Before My Time. I am your host, Gelsey Laurie, and we are joined, as always, with our co-host, producer, and lovely friend, Matt Kelly, to talk about the history of tiki bars. Let's take a sip. She called the doctor, woke him up and said, Doctor, is there nothing I could take? I said, Doctor, to relieve this belly. We're here to entertain you. We'll sing your songs for good times, the best times. You can't go wrong. We'll two-step, a new step. It won't be long. When the Dixielands are playing, soon you'll be swaying. So come on, sing along. You know, Gelsey, this episode's coming out on the 4th of July. And I was thinking, man... You know it would be really nice at the 4th of July? Having having a nice tiki bar by a pool while you watch some fireworks. But I I don't indulge in drinking. I don't know much of anything about tiki bars, but they always look cool. So why don't you? I believe you They're know so quite fun. a bit about tiki bars. I do know. You know what? Fun fact, tiki bars are like my favorite thing in the whole world. Maybe yeah, not. I don't know much about one. tiki bars. I, I know a lot about bars. the tiki, 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 tiki room. But, Which but. kind of actually like does come in at the same time as like, that's a little after obviously the start of tiki bars, but there was this fascination with the islands, the exotic. Um, it's funny and we're going to go into it, but like that era of um, what would you, Bali High, South Pacific, all this shit, uh, they don't actually all correlate because it was also like combined with asian culture and it's it's almost like a worldwide it's almost like they combined a bunch of things yeah like they combined everything into like its own unique 1000 aesthetic and that's yeah there was definitely and i I feel like in the 50s you know like when disneyland opened that still was very relevant and so it's like not a surprise that the tiki uh room would be its thing but yes i do love tiki bars I, there's actually a few in Orange County that I have not yet been to that are on my list. I can't believe I haven't. But one of my favorite bars in Vegas, the Golden Tiki, I was a frequent there. I just love them. They're so fun. They're so catchy. They're so vintagey. If you go to ones today, you know, they're just real 
retro kitsch and <laughs> that describes me I don't, so i don't know if i've ever told you this but the geekscape table at san diego comic-con Mm-hmm. Which, side note, uh, you won't see Gelsey, but you can meet me at San Diego Comic-Con, which is just a couple weeks away. Um, but our table, every year, is set up across from this, like, pop art display. Mm-hmm. But they, I believe they literally call themselves the Tiki Lounge. Oh, and cool. it's, like, all the artwork is, like, like a 60... Se- I'll take pictures of it and send it to you this I year. I can... Uh- Honestly, imagine it. Like you're, you yeah. will send me it, and I'll go. That's exactly what I was picturing. I know yeah. exactly. Like what it's it like is. cartoonish '70s yeah. animation yes. of like pop culture characters, but yeah. with like palm trees and like the tiki and like a totem pole or whatever. I know like, ex- yeah, maybe I've seen it before. <laughs> maybe I've seen their stuff before because I literally like I was like, yeah, I know what you're talking about. But anyways, <laughs> let's uh, let's go into a little bit of the history of where tiki bars begin. So I was a little wrong. I was originally thinking, oh, it came out of World War II because we were in the South Pacific and people came back and brought that influence. Kind of true, kind of not. So our first tiki bar is, well, first of all, if you don't know what a tiki bar is, we kind of explained it, but it is a themed drinking establishment. They serve elaborate cocktails that are mainly rum-based. They're most famous for like their Mai Tais or their zombies. Most of them will have, um, there's like a dot dot dash drink that's really good, Um, but most of them will have on their menus some kind of a little indicator, either a literally dots under each drink, or sometimes they'll do little skulls, and they'll either have like one to four dots or skulls, and that indicates how strong the drink is. And so you'll get a zombie will have like four dots, or and they kind of are like, this is how fucked up you're gonna get. They're also really <laughs> well known for like their big punch bowls. So every tiki bar, it would be rare for you to find one that you can't get a big punch bowl that you know two or four of you can share. Sometimes they're on fire. They light the drinks on fire. It's all just a big spectacle. Um, They were aesthetically defined by their tiki decor and were romanticized conception of, you know, tropical culture and Polynesian culture. And a lot of times now it'll be somewhat tied into like a nautical theme as well or explorer theme. So it's they do have this wide variety of what you can find, but that's that's generally what you're going to find. So we have our first one, Dawn the Beachcomber. It's one of the earliest and perhaps the first. They're pretty sure it's the first, but, you know, there's a little bit of a discrepancy, of course. And it was opened in Hollywood in 1933 by Ernest Gant. Uh, Ernest Gant later legally changed his name to Don Beach because he was just like, well, this is who I am now. But he um, would display artifacts that he collected on earlier trips through the tropics. So that was kind of like the start of this bar. He had traveled a lot and posted a lot of this stuff up and was like, oh, this is really cool. Um, and he did go off to World War II, and the bar flourished under his ex-wife, Sunny Sund, and expanded it into a chain of 16 restaurants, which eventually become 25 restaurants. After World War II, uh, he moved to Hawaii and opened Waikiki Beach, which was designed to evoke the South Pacific. You know, there were palm trees, tiki masks. Um, they garden. There was a garden hose that showered rain on the roof to make it feel like there were rainstorms, which is a really typical thing now that a lot of tiki bars will do is they'll kind of go dark and have random thunderstorms almost like rainforest cafe but in a very (laughs) like there's a tiki bar at the disneyland hotel uh here in california called trader sam's and they will have like a little rainstorm sesh every once in a while and like the bartender will just get a squirt bottle and like squirt the crowd be like rainstorm and like it's like really (laughs) cheesy stuff like that like that's a very typical tiki bar But i think that that's the stuff that people like they like that's it's so and it's so tongue-in-cheek and it's so fun and like like, the best is if you get a bartender that's just very, like, nonchalant and kind of dry about it, but, like, going through the motions, it sometimes makes it funnier. Um, it's, it depends. It's the, the less – it's the same thing 
with like going on jungle tr- cruise like the less upbeat the uh skipper is the better the overall experience yeah of it, it's the so true it's, there's kind of like a way to deliver it and so sometimes they'll do that and i love that but um i have a quick don beach question before okay. we move forward i don't know if i have the answer so he changed his name to don beach because of his career thing beach so if you were if you were to change your last name to fit what you feel like your career I mean mine's easy it, it would obviously be Maddie podcast but like what would you <laughs> change podcast. your name to Sounds like a neti pot that like yeah. thing you <laughs> <laughs> Oh that's a really good question I might have to circle back to that It wouldn't be like Gelsey like... High Kick or like <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, but I don't feel like that's like what I do. That's just something I do. It's not what who, like what I do. You know what I mean? I don't know. It's yeah. like Gelsey ha cha cha, like yeah, Gelsey <laughs> entertainer. Razzle dazzle. You know, what I'm just doing yeah, Gelsey the entertainer. Gelsey razzle dazzle. They'll be like, "Are you married to Cedric?" And I'm like, "No." <laughs> um, all right, so yeah, so he goes to uh, Hawaii, opens this thing. But this is a fun thing in this um, establishment he had called Waikiki Beach. There was a bird inside that they trained to shout, give me a beer, stupid, which I love. And it was an actual bird, uh, which kind of, again, so. That's really, that's really fucking charming. I like that so much. I know, much. isn't that great? It's so great. They do, my favorite tiki bar that I was talking about in Vegas, Gold, the Golden Tiki, they have two above the bar, um, like, tiki room birds. Because a guy that worked on a lot of that bar does work for Disney or did do a lot of um, creation and art for Disney. I'm not, there's some kind of crossover. It, literally, you walk in this bar and you're like, yes, this is Disney. But it's not. Yeah. Um, but they have two tiki bird-esque things hanging above their bar and they'll every once in a while come alive and have conversations but they say just like really crude shit and really like yeah like funny inappropriate things and but they're fake so i love that this bird they, they actually trained him to say that um so they do also open a don the beach comer in the international marketplace which in waikiki the international marketplace still does exist but it's not what it used to be they kind of tore down the old charm just little huts and they put in a huge shopping mall because duh but it's a beautiful mall um yeah some people are mad so anyways that's kind of don the beachcombers chilling that's his thing so then we also have trader vix that pops up now trader vix is opened by victor burger Bergeron. oh my god Bergeron. i wrote it again later <laughs> <laughs> Victor Bergeron opens Trader Vic's in Oakland, California in 1936. So technically, obviously, Don the Beachcomber comes first because that's 33. Now, this is where it is claimed that the Mai Tai was created here in 1944. There is definitely a huge discrepancy on that. And Don the Beachcomber is like, no, I created the Mai Tai. So it's still actually not officially really traced on who did it and there was a couple different versions of this but trader vix is kind of the okay that's where the mai tai is from in oakland california of all places i always thought that the mai tai was from hawaii and i think a lot of people did i thought there was like a little bar in hawaii that was like oh this is where it comes from no oakland just you know i think there's a lot of drugs up in oakland I think it's a really like methy kind of a place if I'm not wrong. I was gonna say I don't hear about I mean, look, I don't wanna judge any any places or you know, somebody might be listening from Oakland, but yes, I don't normally hear Oakland referred to as like come to sunny Oakland, <laughs> like where the streets are paved in gold. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's like where so you I, fly into to drive to Napa. That's what yeah. Oakland, again, yeah. <laughs> if you live in Oakland, I, no offense. I'm sure it's great. But um 
So yeah, Mai Tais, which I love Mai Tais. And I do want to clarify that a lot of touristy places have Mai Tais and they're awful. They're just like a sugary rum drink. That is not a true Mai Tai. If you get a Mai Tai that's sugary, you have been failed by the cocktail gods. It should be very rum forward, a little bit of a bitch slap with a nice sugar to balance it out. (laughs) Um, So he did begin franchising outside of California. The first one was in Seattle, Washington, and it was the Outrigger in 1949. And in 1957, he lacked capital to expand, so he partnered with Conrad Hilton, and they licensed Trader Vic's brands to Hilton Hotels for $2 million. Um, Hilton retained Burger and... Um, why am I just like failing with that name so much? To oversee decoration, <laughs> staffing, and operations. And um, he was on an annual salary of $65,000, which seems really low, but fine. And, um, and unfortunately, the original Oakland location is gone. But So Hilton bought them out, and now there's tons of Trader Vic's hotels. Both, I mean, um, Trader Vic's restaurants. Both Trader Vic's and Don the Beachcombers did kind of a very similar thing where they expanded into restaurants, and they both opened, and this is very typical – for a lot of tiki bars is to serve Chinese food. And so they had a whole Chinese restaurant attached because at that point, to the American's mind, Asia and China was very exotic. And so they were just putting these exotic things together um, in that sense. So, yeah, it's kind of, you know, and then they also started the um, poo-poo platter, which is big and from Hawaii as well and that's kind of just like an appetizer platter and so you can again go to a lot of tiki bars and get poo-poos um they're very delicious normally have kind of a fusion of asian island food so a lot of times you can get egg rolls and and then get you know chicken kebab skewers or whatever now an interesting thing about the cocktails though is that before this time there were no really fancy, like now we know mixologists, like cocktail bars are all about, you know, how crazy and zany can we get our cocktail and this, that. And it was Don Beach who started really experimenting with cocktails and, and putting in spices and being like, what would happen if I put, you know, some nutmeg in this and this? And that had never been done before, which is now a standard for cocktails. So tiki bars not only changed you know, a lot of things in the sense of kind of bringing a fantasized, romanticized environment that's fun and kitschy and, you know, you can't travel the world, but here's the world brought to you kind of a vibe. But they also really changed the cocktail game as we know it today. And that was right. a huge kind of, you know, and that's that's a big deal. So no one really did in these, these exotic drinks um, that he created. And he went from kind of a standard, there was a, I thought I had it written down somewhere. I guess when you think, I mean, again, this is coming from someone who doesn't drink, but like when I think of people going out to drink, very rarely, you know, I would say for every person who just orders a beer, like more often than not, they do want some type of cool combination of flavor, like a cocktail or or whatever. So that's, I mean, that's not, to me as a non-drinker, that seems very huge. Like, probably one of the biggest advancements for alcohol consumption in general is the mm-hmm. creation of the cocktail. Oh, yeah. So much no. so that they do mocktails now for sober people who still want to get that fun flavor of drinking. <laughs> like, exactly. Tiki bars did kind of die out, I would say, in the 60s. They were relevant, um, you know, in around in the 50s, but they did kind of die out because people were like, this is cheesy, this is shitty. And 
drinks went back more to they're like oh we don't want the sugary intense beachy drinks even though that's not really how they are and more classic you know french 75s and manhattans became the the high class prominent drinking in the 70s and 80s and then it wasn't until I don't even think the 90s it was more recently that now there's this resurge of tiki culture and tiki bars and now it's kind of back in mixology it revived a lot of these cocktails as well that people are like oh these are really intense in-depth cocktails and if we do them right and add our own twist we can make some really cool shit and there's obviously a big vintage movement that that kind of more so has always been around but started in the 90s the rockabilly movement the underground swing movement which i was gonna say that i think the tiki thing specifically in the 90s was still my theory is that it was used as the punchline still like they would Mm -hmm. have like an uncool character hanging out at a tiki bar and that would be kind of like a way for the audience to quickly be like, oh, they're out of touch or, or they're out of touch. Yeah, or they're and it's kind of cheesy. Then, it's like tacky. Tacky's the word. Yeah, but I was going to say, but people our age who were like, you know, maybe 8, 9, 10, 11, 12 when those shows are airing are probably just like, well, that place looks cool. Like, <laughs> And I think that that's kind yeah, of maybe. what pushed it forward. Maybe. To a and then extent. I do think the vintage <laughs> aesthetic and the that classic – 1930s and 40s which again in the 90s there was a huge resurgence I mean even we get like Stray Cats into Brian Setzer Orchestra uh, Squirrel Nut oh, Zippers yeah. I, they I all... mean you have those khaki swing commercials kicking out exactly in the late it was 90s. huge like... it really there was there was this underground there's a whole we should do an episode on it but maybe not underground swing movement in the 90s that revived swing dancing and it revived greasers and pinups and and rockabilly and now you kind of have the modern pinup girl with all the tattoos and and that also came with a revival of of tiki culture and it's fun and i'm repeating itself i mean that's exactly exactly no there's only like 40 decades of actual fashion and then we just keep recycling through it over and over and over like four decades i mean i said 40 decades like a psychopath but four (laughs) decades of like hip stuff it's like you you have like a 50s aesthetic up to like a mid 90s aesthetic and then it's just like cyclical and even then like parts of the 80s and 90s culture is already pulling back 50s and 60s stuff and just we're just we're in a we're in a fashion and culture time loop uh we really are i know we really (laughs) are that's why this podcast will always be relevant because because any yes. of this stuff that we're talking about will always come back in some exactly. way, shape, or form. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> um, no, I do want to say that there is, and I'm not going to go too deep in this because we all know that this is not a political show, but there is kind of a, a backflash, especially in today's climate, of tiki bars being that they should be shut down and that they're politically incorrect. And a lot of them are going through a little bit of a sweep through of like, okay, get rid of the idols, the tiki masks, it's that because, you know, it's offensive to the cultures that they are originally from. And we are taking something, tiki was actually in a culture, it's a Polynesian, the tiki is, a, I forget yeah. if he's like a god or, you know, and now we're, we've now referenced this is all tiki, but it's not, you know, and it's kind of, yeah. we're taking these idols and saying they were something they're not and, and, twisting cultures and mashing them up with others that you know it's like china and the south pacific have nothing to do with each other and we're like they go together and but i will say this i think 
I don't see it that way. I see it as, again, like an adventure or explorer bar where it'd be like if I went around the world and I traveled to all these, you know, especially at that time, quote unquote, exotic places that are not America, and I come back and I'm bringing all my collection of things, that's when they go together. And that's why I think it's it okay. And I, that's how I, I feel see like it. it's the name that's the problem. Like if you were calling it a tiki bar, like if somehow that name got changed to like, an adventurer's club or whatever. It'd be like, oh, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, but I get I get what you're saying exactly. I I mean That's how that's my, why people are yeah. have a problem with it, but I'm just so like nostalgic that I'm like, you can't yeah. change the name and they're not called tiki bars. I mean they are, but there's you know, the names are all different. <laughs> you have Don the Beachcomber and you have yeah. a Trader Vicks and you know, it's like Okay, it's its own thing. I just love them so much. I think it was a great episode. I think people are going to love it, and they're going to maybe like the announcement that we're going to have right after this commercial break. 91 Donkey Lane is a magical apartment complex that contains immense power but lacks intelligent inhabitants. What is happening? I'm getting texts. Why are we getting a lot of texts? People found out what we did. Oh, dividing Mike Myers into an infinite amount of tiny Mike Myers. Listen to 91 Donkey Lane for free on Spotify or your favorite podcasting app. More at 91donkeylane.com. See you there, you donkeys. We're making an ad. Napping ads. This is where I think if we're doing it right, Alec Baldwin comes in. He says a couple things. Mm -hmm. He listens to the podcast every week. Has he been canceled? Was Alec Baldwin the one who killed somebody? I hear that Gary Sinise is free. Oh, okay, great. He hasn't worked since 2020. <laughs> so, um, what would be the script that we would have Gary Sinise say for the Napping Through Happy Hour podcast? Listen to this damn show. Damn it. The Napping Through Happy Hour podcast brought to you by Geekscape. Real life, real drama, real time. I'm Gary Sinise. That's the That's ad. The ad. That's the ad. That's the ad. And we're back. Uh, Galsy, the the listeners may have noticed something on their feed recently, which is that there's been weeks in between episodes. Yeah, uh, to every now. other. I know. Yeah, we're I moving. Really so that's, that's kind of the announcement where due to the craziness and the chaos of me having 15 different podcasts and Galsy having 15 different jobs... <laughs> we found that the we didn't want this financial to, climate. <sighs> yeah, we didn't want to not do before my time, mm-hmm. but we also just could, the bandwidth was not there for us to do it weekly. So guess what? You still get us twice, yeah. sometimes maybe even three times a month, but and not let me every tell week. You, I just appreciate <laughs> all of you sticking sticking in with us and listening. It really makes my heart happy. I do this for your entertainment and just to get something off my chest. I don't know. I'm like, I know useless information and I need to tell somebody because some of my friends are sick of hearing it from me. I'm not going to lie. So <laughs> I really want to hear everything I've ever learned about tiki bars. And they're like, no, Kelsey, we're no, trying no, to go out to No, literally, I went on a vacation, <laughs> a weekend trip with my friend Allie to Hawaii and I like was outside reading and she was taking a cat nap and like I walked in and she just, granted, she just woke up and I was like, oh my God. So did you know in 1950, she's like, ah. she's like, I can't take a history lesson right now. She's like, give me 20 minutes. I was like, okay. See, this is why and then our I was friendship just, works because was, I'm that person who as soon as I learn I had to fact, tell like, somebody. how many people can I tell? I had to tell somebody about Coca-Cola, which we did do an episode on Coca-Cola. That's why we I had did. to tell all of you. Like, I, I have to get it out. Oh, yeah. But uh, if there's well, something you want me to learn about and tell you, 
Let us know on Instagram. You can find us at Before My Time underscore podcast or on Facebook. Just type in Before My Time. We will pop up. Send us a message, DM, comment right on our wall. Is that what it's called? Yeah, wall. Silk wall. I don't know if that was my space thing. My brain went way back. Let <laughs> us know. And also, if you do enjoy this and you have a second, it would mean a lot to us if you gave us a five-star review. I almost just died and choked on my own spit. That's why that sounded weird. I like to live my life on the edge on this podcast. So thanks for tuning in, guys. This is a sloppy ending. Just like a tiki bar night. Oh, yeah. See what I did there? (laughs) Bye. Donkey Lane is a magical apartment complex that contains immense power, but lacks intelligent inhabitants. What is happening? I'm getting texts. Why are we getting a lot of texts? People found out what we did. Oh, dividing Mike Myers into an infinite amount of tiny Mike Myers. Listen to 91 Donkey Lane for free on Spotify or your favorite podcasting app. More at 91donkeylane.com. See you there, you donkeys. You're listening to the Geekscape Network.